River. Welcome to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley, um, with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, your host on School of Parenting, and my guest today is Chloe Leibovitz. Good morning, Chloe. Good morning. Nice to see you. Uh, lovely to have you here again. So we are going to be talking to Chloe this morning about walking a thousand miles, as you do, for the Prince's Trust, and also bullet journaling. And as I mentioned on my post, hopefully you're not doing both together, well, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> try so it. we're going to be finding out all about that. So um, it's really lovely to have you back here, Chloe. Thank you. Um, so Chloe, you've been on School of Parenting before when we were talking about blended families. Um, let's just remind everybody, why was that? Just tell us a bit about your family <laughs> first. Okay. Um, so that was, yeah, we were talking about my blended family. So my husband and I have five children between us well five teenagers and young adults now um so we've been together for 11 years and um our our kids now range from 16 to 21 um when we met they range from 5 to 10 um so yeah it's quite scary yeah it's a lot (laughs) less scary these days and it feels very so since I spoke to you last time our two um 19 year olds have gone off and started uni oh wow so it's a bit of a change it's a massive change so you have a bit more space in the house Uh, a lot (laughs) I'm actually making myself a study at the moment (laughs) I'm not stealing one of their bedrooms the bedrooms are still there but it's just uh, yeah it's kind of like a part study it's like part of it a study yeah it's a bit up on our top floor there's this really big hallway that previously had their kind of storage and cupboards and things I don't need it anymore because they've kind of taken everything with them and just left it empty. So, um, yeah, so we have the five of them and um, it's been a roller coaster journey, but it's rather lovely now. No, and then no. is it a shock when they when they come back for the holidays? Uh, or, or is it lovely? It's actually, it's lovely. It, was, it was very nice at Christmas and they really appreciate each other now as well. So they, Aww. the eldest one sent us a lovely card at Christmas saying how much she loves coming back and loves it now all the siblings are older and <gasps> thinks it's really special. So it's Aww, pretty nice. Oh, that's really <laughs> lovely. That yeah. is really lovely. Well, if anybody has got any questions for Chloe, you can email rachel at river.radio. Uh, you can send us a tweet or a message on Instagram or on Facebook, all at River Radio Live. So... We, as I said, we spoke to you before about blended families, but the um, what we're chatting about today is the walking one thousand miles challenge mm-hmm. um, for the year to, for twenty twenty two. I do need to add a thousand miles. Now I am actually doing this challenge as well, <laughs> yeah. and I have to say, when I committed, I hadn't even. I think in kilometers. I don't, don't know. If just yes. that, that's how I do, and also because I'm a teacher, an ex teacher, tutor, so I do think in metric. 
I hadn't converted a thousand miles to kilometers. <laughs> and when I realized that I wasn't clocking up as mm-hmm. much as I thought, and I did convert it, and then I realized it's 1600 kilometers. So it is yeah. actually, it's quite a lot. It is quite a lot. <laughs> yes. It's, it's quite a lot. So yeah. you do have to keep at it. Mm. But the reason that you you are doing this um, challenge and, and your, um, the, the group, you're doing it for is Prince's Trust Mm. but it's part of a business group Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us about that because that's your business your that you've um, established and set up around Mm -hmm. your family so tell us about your group We Are Tobono. Sure so um, I started We Are Tobono with my business partner Anna Verghese um, just over three years ago and we met through networking and we ended up I'm trained as a life coach and and over time I've worked with a lot of women running their own businesses and I was trained in social media strategy amongst other things and we basically pooled our resources and we set up a membership community for women running their own businesses and essentially our aim is to support them it's to support them to connect them to help them grow their businesses build their confidence realize what they're capable of and what help is out there to help them move forward it's quite a lonely place running your own business um something I know that you're familiar with yes yeah and it's brilliant because you don't have to be you can you can literally be a part of your community even if you're just thinking about it so if there's mums out there or parents out there who are who are thinking about it and a lot of women especially do because Mm. they want to do something that fits in around their family Mm. or follow a particular passion which wasn't necessarily perhaps the career that they started out in or before they had children so it's so you don't have to be an established business nope there's no rules um around around who can join equally we might get lots of people doing the same thing so with a lot of um traditional more networking groups there may be things like lockouts where you can only have one life coach or one photographer which is pretty limiting because there's a lot of people doing those professions and we and we really feel like that's actually um, an added benefit is to Mm. connect with people who do the same thing as you you have a lot of knowledge to share and everyone's so different you know if you and I were both life coaches someone would come to you for very specific reasons because they'd be drawn to you to your personality to the way you worked which would be different to how I did it so there's room for everyone and we I can love really that learn concept from each other. actually because then you it's not it's not about competition is it it's no. about you can actually support each other yeah. and if there's something that perhaps one life coach isn't um doesn't specialize in they could then refer somebody to another life coach that perhaps does specialize in that yeah so definitely um, and that's a massive yeah. strength to be able to build your network of people yes. and be able to refer people to someone else that's that's a real strength and I think that's a great thing to have um so so yeah we've built this community and um, we also run workshops we run networking groups co-working groups we get together and work together in different locations tell us about those areas now because you've sure. expanded haven't you so and and yeah. those areas are basically in the Thames Valley that's so right. tell us about those different areas so when we started actually when we started doing doing in-person events it was not long before the pandemic started um, so we had to very quickly switch to doing those online but since we've gone back to in-person events we hold regular networking events and co-working events in Marlow we also have networking events in Wokingham in High Wycombe and in Nettlebed so just outside Henley 
Okay. Uh, we also do some co-working in Hollyport, which is just outside Maidenhead. Um, and we'll still do a couple of things online. So we do a little bit of co-working online for people who don't want to make the journey. Yeah. Um, and we also have people further afield who don't very often come to in-person events, but they'll use our private Facebook group for support, for somewhere to go and ask for advice and to share things. And they might join the online co-working events. So we've got people in the Cotswolds in Somerset um, and further afield. And the great thing is that that people can be part of the community. You have a free Facebook page, don't you? And then there's also a membership. So if they yeah. wanted to just try try it out... Well, if people want to try it out, we actually have a whole one month free trial. So we ask people to um, just come and see what it's about so they can get a feel for it. People are often really nervous about this kind of thing. Yeah, They're nervous about walking into an event with lots of people or going online and joining something. Um, And we know where that comes from. You know, we've been in that space and we've been to scary networking events where you have to basically stand up and pitch your business. So we are... We really aim to be the opposite of that. We're extremely welcoming and friendly and warm. So are our members. They give everyone a lovely welcome. And so we get people to come and do a one-month free trial. They can come to as many events as they like. They can join the Facebook group and get a feel for that. So, um, yeah, if anyone's listening and they want to meet some other like-minded women and share. Brilliant. And someone said yesterday, we were we had a networking event yesterday and we had a, a our speaker was Claire Cogan. Um, well, you were there. She's, she's been on the School yeah, of Parenting. She's yeah, been talks, on. Um, specializes in teen mental health. Yeah, and she was she was doing a talk for us yesterday about writing a book um and she said that Tabono was about being who you really are not who you think you should be love that which is so true you know you go to a lot of these events and you think oh I must be super professional and I must present this side of me but that's not real it's not authentic and it doesn't allow you to be vulnerable and to say actually I I need some help with this or um I'm looking for some support some connection and another of our members always says that when she comes to meetings or when she's chatting with people in the Facebook group she feels like they're her colleagues which is a powerful thing to be able to say when you work on your own yes yeah absolutely oh that's brilliant so so, um, so if there's any uh, uh, listeners out there who are thinking, because it, it it can be a lonely business starting up your own business and doing it on your own. Um, it really is. We are Tobono, um, a really great community. So we are Tobono are doing this challenge. Now, the, the Walk a Thousand Miles Challenge is a challenge that um, they have a Facebook page mm. that, that people across the nation yep. are doing. Um, however, you've decided to do it through your um, business community mm-hmm. to raise money for the Prince's Trust. Yes. So tell us about that and why you chose Prince's Trust. Okay. So it was Anna who found the walk. Anna, Anna's a great one for a challenge. And uh, before we set up the business, Anna um, challenged um, about, I think there were about eight of us to do a shine nighttime marathon walk. Oh, wow. Which was a killer. Oh my goodness! I said we still talk about that every time, and I'm like, I'm not doing it again. Was it lit up, well lit up, or did you have to have headlights? Very well lit up. Things? It's oh, in right. it's in okay. London. It's through the streets of London. Oh, okay. But it is through the night. <clears throat> did rain, and oh, um, no. we hobbled home. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was oh. interesting. It took a took a little while to recover, but it was fantastic. We raised a lot of money then. Uh, that was for cancer research and Anna really does like to do a challenge and to be working towards something Mm. and it is a great way to bring people together it's nice to have that um, thing connecting you so she found the thousand mile challenge she put it in our members Facebook group and said look I'm going to do this this year anyone else want to walk a thousand miles in 2022 
and we could raise some money for um, a charity of our choice. So people started saying, I'm going to walk, I'm going yes. to walk. I think we're about 14 walkers. Yes. Um, so that's 14,000 miles collectively. And then we asked for suggestions. What would you like to raise money for? And pretty much everyone said something for young people, something mm. to support young people. Mm. So... Um, the Prince's Trust was floated and that was the one that we got the most votes for that we went for. And um, it's it's a well-known charity. Yes. Uh, supports, I think, from 11 to 30 years old, young people um, for education, training, employment. Um, so Brilliant. it's a very worthy cause um, and is definitely motivating us all to get out and keep walking yeah, every day if absolutely. possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. And so... And it, I mean, it's not too late, is it, for people to um, to sign up to do the walk anyway, whether, as I say, they might do it as part of a group, might do it as part of a community or might just do it individually on their own. So they oh. can still actually go on to um, that that site mm. and actually and, and actually sign up to do it. But you're right. It definitely helps having a reason to do it. Um, yes. I've mentioned that I, I am doing the challenge and I have to say just that having that accountability because you know we all start the new year and um, I had the lovely Joe Keys on and we were talking about new year resolutions Mm -hmm. and or intentions if we didn't want to call those those and everybody always has like a health one they want to get healthier they do more exercise but what you know what I'm finding is just that having to have knowing that you you are recording your miles that basically if I skip a day that means I'm a day behind on my mileage that means my average I've got (laughs) it's really a little bit of pressure pressure. but it's a nice pressure because it's making me go out and walk more yeah and I think it's very different for everyone I have a real love of walking and I have had four years since I had my son who's now 19 um but I started walking after I had him for various reasons and I've been quite addicted to walking ever since I just it's so great for my head Mm. for my headspace Mm. and health wise it's fantastic um and I think everyone has their different motivations. So I know quite a few of our walkers have dogs. Yes. So they're often myself, like you. dogs. Yeah. yeah. So they're often going out for walks anyway. But there's plenty of us members who don't, I don't have a dog. Um, I love to be able to do the walking every day. Sometimes the, the balance of other things gets so heavy, you know, the, the running the business, looking after kids, um, mm. all the running around, all your other responsibilities. It can be one of those first things to drop out is your self-care things, your walks or exactly. your exercise. So it is great to have another motivator. And actually, when you break it down, it's I think it was something like 2.64 miles per day if you were to 2. walk 274. every 2.74. 2.74 <laughs> makes all the difference. <laughs> um, if you were to walk every day, mm. I tend to find I don't get as much time in the week, so I'll do much shorter walks. But at the weekend, I love doing the longer walks. So I might do seven miles or something on a a Saturday. Um, And that helps me because then I don't feel so under pressure in the week. Because if I just do a couple of miles, that's fine. Um, But it's also a massive sense of achievement when we see So we've got a spreadsheet logging all the miles, which you know. And it's great when you go on there and you put your miles in and you see a total for the month. It's a real motivator. It's sense of achievement which is great for everyone yeah absolutely well I know that my dogs are enjoying it (laughs) because because I am I'm going for longer walks so it is making me walk um a longer distance and um and obviously I know it's better for my mental health for my fitness Mm -hmm. um it's great having the accountability um 
But there, I mean, there's there's loads of other benefits. Obviously, lots of people did get into walking in the pandemic and the lockdown, and we were doing a, um, a lot more walking. But one of the things that um, I have been trying to do, and it has, and it it is really hard. I don't know how you find with your family, if other people find with their family, but it's actually trying to get my children who are tween and a teen mm-hmm. out on the walk as well so so actually having this challenge they know that I'm doing the challenge mm. and I'm hoping that 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 in itself I'm you know trying to be a bit of a role model to say well actually you can have a goal it's you know it's a goal it's going to go it's not an immediate goal I'm going to achieve it's going to be across the whole year so what are some of the other benefits you think for you know families or you know walking I mean as I say I, I do confess that there's a little bit of bribery involved <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but let's talk about some of the other benefits well I think it I think actually like you just said I think it is great to show your kids that you are doing something just as um just as a sort of Planting a seed there mm. for inspiration of having that commitment to something is really good for them mm. to see. And I think that when I do things like this, my kids are always like, oh, well done, mum. You know, they, oh, they think that's they? a good... Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, definitely. Well, you've definitely. got supportive children. <laughs> <laughs> Might send mine do. over to yours for okay. a few lessons. <laughs> um, my daughter... So my son now is off at uni, so he's obviously not coming on the walks with me, mm. um, but maybe a bit when he, when he comes back. My daughter doesn't love walking, but she definitely... So I, I can tell that she's thinking about it. So sometimes she will like then go off and do walks. Um, but also with like for me, with my husband, you know, we're both kind of working and busy. But if we can grab those slots of time where we can both go for a walk together, that's that's really nice as well. Mm. And I mean, in terms of connection, it's not so much family, but the people that you can walk with. I've noticed in our in our group, Tabono group, people are saying, I'm going to go for a walk on this day. Does anyone want to come with me? Mm. So Mm. walking you know walking on your own is great for many reasons you can be more mindful more in the moment and have that de-stress and relax but also connecting with other people um and I'm going to do a walk on Friday with my mum who lives locally so um we're we're, I live out in Hurley and all the baby lambs are just being born so actually if you just walk down to the end of my road yes so I always used to think it was like a march thing but it's not and I realized last year that come February the the lambs are already in the fields and I went for a walk on Saturday or Sunday and I was walking back home past the farm and I heard all this racket from the sheep and so I went round to the barn and all the sheep are in the barn with their babies and the babies are tiny they're really tiny there's a little range there's definitely some who must be a couple of weeks old and some Mm. who've just been born um so I sent my mum a little video and she said, I need to come over and go for a walk. Oh, oh I need to get the details on that from you. Yes, it's very sweet. It's very sweet. Oh, that's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. Well, there's a statistic that actually says that basically 70% of parents, as I, I, I'm guessing sort of in a generation of your parents, you've got, um, you're grown up and you've had children. So, but 70% of parents played outside when they were kids, but only 31% of children play outside today so I mean we know there's obviously lots of factors um that have contributed contributed to that statistic um but it you know where I was reading this and it talks about how there is you know when you're outside kids will play and one thing I have noticed that even with slightly older children so I have a tween and a teen that actually when they're out Mm. even though they might insist on taking their devices with them 
even though we say, you know, you don't need to because I've got my mobile phone or whatever if we need it in emergency. And they've got them. They actually can't use them while they're walking. No. It's it's quite hard to walk if you're walking in the woods or the paths mm. around where I am. So you can't. So actually you then, you know, they will eventually just pop that back in their pocket. And then they were playing together, which mm. which for, you know, a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old is quite unusual that they were. But because obviously you know, they need to, I don't know, banter with each other or just yeah. irritate each other or whatever <laughs> it is. But they were then ending up playing in the woods and playing with each other, which was yeah. really so it just naturally happens um, when you're out for a walk because basically there's nothing else they can do. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very easy to um, give in to the teens saying like, oh, I don't want to go for mm. I don't want to go for a walk. Mm. But if you kind of scoot them up and say no we're going and one of my friends is particularly good at that um I've heard her doing it with her boys and like no I've decided we're all going you're all Mm. coming and everyone does have a good time you know once you're outside they might be a bit grumpy for the first five minutes Mm. and dragging their feet but I think they do then they they do pretty much 100% of the time by the time you finish the walk they've had a good time yeah they've connected with each other they've like messed around or you know whatever it is depending on their ages um and yeah they can drag their heels but it's usually a good thing and actually my husband's quite good at that as well when when they're like no I don't want to I don't want to he's quite good at saying no come on do it like talk them into it yes and then they have a good time yeah exactly and and we know that basically it's an opportunity where you're completely unplugged you're not doing this thing where you're moving you know from screen to screen Mm. um you know I mean you know for example a family movie night is great that's something we are trying to start doing in our house or start doing it again even though they're a bit older but you're still looking at a screen together whereas actually being outside on a walk um and we know that children obviously thrive when they've got you know a better connection with their parents we're all busy all of the time but if we can actually make that time Mm. um and what I mean one thing I remember I grew up in a family where there were six children um and one of the things I do remember so we didn't do a great deal um of you know things that say you know cost a lot of money or that kind of thing but one thing I do remember is going for walks going for country walks that was just something yep everybody can do totally I mean I grew up in Marlow and I remember specifically walks in the woods with my dad, where he used to scare us every time because he always <laughs> pretended that there was like this like old man living in the woods who built a shelter camp thing. And then oh, that's so funny. And we would always find this shelter thing, and he'd be like, "Just be really careful, like go, don't make any noise." And so we would creep round one side, and then he'd creep round the other and jump out on us, and we would scream. Um, so I remember always doing that. And then my mum always in the summer we would walk from Marlow to Bourne End with our dogs we'd have a picnic somewhere and then we'd get the train back so those kind you know those memories stay don't they those memories there's so much you forget but I remember all our walking so vividly um and summer evenings we would walk down to Gosmore play games and things or take our bikes on a on a school night because it's slightly and yeah yeah, good memories yeah and we're so fortunate in the in the Thames Valley where we live that there are so many walks um yes so many Mm. and and I'm sure like a you know a lot of um slightly older children out there um your children might be involved in doing D of E so our son is about to start doing the D of E and um I think they've got something coming up in April I mean as as usual for me you know parenting fail I'd been talking to him about how you know we have to get the maps 
the actual maps. He's like, why can't I just use my phone? And then I went out on a walk on Sunday and I was trying to use my phone. Obviously, I then had no reception because I'm in the woods. Now, fortunately, we are in an area that basically if you meet, walk 500 metres left or right, you will hit a main road. Yeah. But obviously, um, yeah, that wasn't, you know, <laughs> that wasn't being a great role model. So so I'm looking forward to actually doing more, you know, a bit of map reading and those skills as well. So, wow. yeah. So, yeah. And why not, you know, to, to do something as well like that? So a challenge like that. So it's walk a thousand miles. They mm-hmm. have a Facebook. Um, what's really lovely on there, I've noticed, is... Um, I mean, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people involved in this challenge across mm. the nation is um, that people on there are getting together for walks as well. Are so they? If, Yeah. So even if ah. it's, they're saying that they're in particular areas That's and great. they're doing things, and there's some really beautiful stories on yeah. there about people who have walked with partners and their partners are no longer with them, but they're still going to do the walking challenge mm. and go back to places. There really are some beautiful stories on there. Yeah, and there's so... Uh, it just... The, the kind of fulfillment side of it works in so many ways. So we've talked about on social media that we're doing this walk collectively for the Prince's Trust. And we're early days. I think we've so far raised about £250, but obviously have plans to raise a lot more. But the Prince's Trust have picked up on it. They've been in touch with us. They're massively um, grateful and supportive and they want to continue to stay connected and have updates on our progress I think they're sending us t-shirts um wow. yeah so they've been really very enthusiastic chatting with Anna and um just just wanting to sort of collaborate and, and be involved so that's a great feeling as well that we're doing yes. something that actually is quite enjoyable um I think it's more enjoyable than the uh, overnight marathon walk yeah <laughs> It's a little more gentle. Um, but yeah. but actually, as you say, doing something for a cause mm. that has a meaning mm. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, we're going to take a song break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about bullet journaling. Okay. Now, I'm sure lots of people have heard about journaling, but where does the bullet? bit come from <laughs> so you're going to tell us about that and how also that is so good for our wellness um, yeah, wellness as well um not just for parents but also for um younger children for teens mm. um yes yeah, so we're going to be hearing about that so we've got a song one of your um favorite songs that you nominated chloe dreams fleetwood mac tell us about why that's a favorite well i think a lot of my favorite music kind of comes from childhood years really and my parents like, loved all that kind of music and it's just stayed with me so I'll often listen to it but it's just a classic love it always Brilliant. feel good okay across the Thames Valley one more time across the Thames Valley this this is River Radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this
welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Chloe Liebowitz. And we've been talking about um, Chloe's uh, business, We Are Tobono, and it's a um, a business group that has um, meets up in various areas across the Thames Valley. Um, so if you've missed anything at the start of the show and you want to listen back, you can listen on podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple app, Google app. You can ask Alexa to play River Radio Live and you can also listen through our website, river.radio, and you can catch up with our shows uh, through the website as well. So we've been chatting about um, how We Are Tobono is taking on a challenge this year. Um, it's the Walk 1000 Miles. There's actually a Facebook group, Walk 1000 miles um it's in uh, conjunction with Country Walking Magazine. Um, so loads of people across the whole nation um, take on this challenge and they walk a thousand miles or more, but that's their goal for the year 2022. And this year, um, Chloe's group have chosen the Prince's Trust. Yes, indeed. And you've chosen that because it sort of ties in with the business element, supporting... Yeah, so supporting young people with education, training and employment, sort of ages 11 to 30. And it was um, it was a common interest amongst all the women who were going to do the challenge with us. So we, we floated various ideas and the Prince's Trust was coming up again and again as a popular choice. So it seemed... Very worthwhile. And as you said, people are familiar with it, aren't they? Mm. Because it's been going for so many years and they know what it does and they know that it helps young people. So that's great. Yeah. And also how having that um, accountability um, for when you, you know, taking on a challenge like this, having that accountability by being part of a group, you can obviously get that accountability by by going to the Walk a Thousand Miles Facebook, um, but also just having that extra incentive of doing something for a charity and mm-hmm. raising uh, raising money for a charity that's, that means a lot to a lot of people. And they're also so grateful for us, it's, to us for doing it as well. They've really kind of jumped it? on it yeah. and said, this is great and how can we help? Is there anything we can do? And we'll send you T-shirts and <laughs> all of this oh, kind of thing. Really so it's, not, it's lovely to, you know, that's just an extra feel-good factor that they, yes. they really appreciate it and, um, yeah, heightens the motivation. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's that's great. Okay, now one of the other things that we wanted to talk to you about, Chloe, because you've got so many things going on. It's a lot of things. <laughs> as well as your uh, family, your blended family. <laughs> We've had Chloe on before talking about her huge, huge blended family. Um, but, but is bullet journaling. Mm-hmm. What is, we know what journaling, most, mm-hmm. most of us know what journaling is. Tell us about the bullet bit, because I'd not heard of it before I'd met you. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about the bullet journaling. All right. Yeah, so most people, if you say bullet journals, will look at you blankly and not have a clue. Yes. Um, so bullet journaling, I started doing about five years ago, probably now. Um, and a friend bought me a bullet journal, which in fact is blank book with dotted pages and I didn't have a clue what it was and it is a bit odd when you first look at it because you see because I'd got one for my daughter yes and yeah then you see the page with all the dots Mm -hmm. so you're like what (laughs) what do I do with this join the dots up and most people when they think of journals they'll either think of just sort of freeform journaling just writing down their thoughts or they will think more of a kind of journal planner you know you buy Mm. lots of different types of planners and might be a well-being planner or a set your goals planner and it will be pre-printed and it might suggest that you write you know your your daily actions over here and maybe write about what you 
eat or your exercise that you do or write some thoughts or some gratitude it's like so many things but they tend to be pre-planned and the issue that I think comes up for a lot of people with that is it doesn't quite suit their needs and there may be bits they like bits they don't like bits they never fill in so the original concept of the bullet journal was created by this guy called Ryder Carroll in um, America Mm. and uh, he wanted a paper-based organization system where he could keep everything in one book where he wasn't going to lose things he had a tendency to write a lot of lists he would use scraps of paper post-it notes different but you know one book for this thing one book for that thing start at the front and do this start at the back and do that and he was fed up with that and he wanted a highly organized paper-based system when these days actually people do a lot of their organizing online Mm. but he wanted paper-based um it really appealed to me because I am a pen and paper person. Mm. I like that. And I am very organized, which is why the friend bought me the book. So I investigated it to see what it was. And just to explain it in very simple terms, it's a blank book. You create an index at the front of the book. Mm. And then as you fill in the pages of the book, as you go through the book, whatever you put in there on any page so you've got numbers on the pages you can put in the index so if on pages one to five you created um, a list of home improvements you could write that in the index if you then had some um, plans for a holiday you could write that in the index and you can just keep going with that and put anything on any page and keep adding it to the index so ultimately you're not going to lose what you've put in the book you can always find it so I don't know you know if you had a meeting with someone you wrote some notes in a in an in an ongoing notebook that you were using chances are when you go back to find it, you're going to be leafing through the book yes. and you might miss it a yeah. couple of times yeah. and take some t- a bit of a waste of time or you might lose it altogether because you don't know where you put it so that's the that's the kind of theory behind it since he created it, it's been taken on as a concept by people and developed in lots of different ways. So if you went to Google or Pinterest or something like that and you type bullet journal, you will see a huge array of different ways that people use their bullet journals. Mm. Lots of it will be creative. That, the creative side, I think is a fantastic thing. But what I've noticed, um, I run workshops to help people get their bullet journal started it puts a lot of people off. So they feel intimidated by all the lovely creativity they see online. Ah, yeah. And they think, oh, I can't do that. I'm not very creative. I'm not, it's, it's got to look like that and I can't do it. But the beauty of bullet journaling, in my mind, is there's no right or wrong. You mm. do exactly what works for you and you develop a system over time that suits you, that suits your lifestyle, that suits your needs. And you know, so I've been doing it for about five years. And every time I start a new bullet journal, it's different to the last. I keep changing it and mm. letting go of certain things, adding in new methods or new ways of doing things so that it really does meet my needs and what I need on a daily basis. And you're the only person that's seeing it anyway, mm. so there doesn't have to be that pressure. No, exactly. So no one else needs to see it. Um, so it's not a thing of, of judgment or, or people, you know, it's, it's, it's your personal system. And just to give people an idea of what a bullet journal might be used for. So I use mine as a daily planner, a diary. I put all of my appointments in it. Mm. I don't have an online calendar. So for a lot of people, they'll think like, oh my God, how do you not have an online calendar? Um, But that's just how I do it. And I'll Mm. have all my ongoing um, task lists. And if I'm planning something, whether it's a holiday or a 
party or a work event, I can plan those in the journal. Now I've got everything in that journal. So if, I, if I'm going somewhere, I take it with me. I've always got everything I need. Mm. You know, if I've got my phone and I've got my bullet journal and I've got to sit and wait somewhere for an hour or something, I can always be doing things because mm. I've got everything I need. Um, so there's a very practical side using it for daily task lists, to-do lists, um, planners, appointments. But then also you've got the side of it being creative so people might choose to I don't know it could be anything from doodling to coloring in to um, collaging Mm -hmm. creating mood boards vision boards these kinds of things are very very popular Mm. Um, but also actually and tying in with the walking habit trackers are a really big thing with bullet journals yes so habit trackers, if you if you went on Google and you type bullet journal habit tracker and look at the images, you'll see a whole host of images and habit trackers for all sorts of things from tracking your daily water intake to tracking your daily walking miles mm. um, to um, tracking your mood. People track their moods. Mm. Um, people track what they're eating, what exercise they're doing. Um, all sorts of things. So many things. Anything that you want to do, taking supplements or... Um, reading books you know Mm. reading something every day so anything you are going to do on a regular basis it's quite hard to embed those new habits Mm. one really good way of helping to sort of settle in those new habits is tracking your daily achievements with them Um, and again they can be really basic i.e a list of days and times and just ticking off those days and times or people make them very creative and they might draw grids. And, and they do little colours, don't they, in the boxes? Lots of different colours. Between the dots. So Because the, so the dots can join up, can't, can't yes. they? And then so, you can join those up. Yeah, basically. so the dots can be really helpful. I use the dots a lot. It can help you um, in terms of organisation and making it very neat. Um, if you are drawing out a grid, it's always going to look very... Um, well spaced out because you can follow the the dots Mm. and create the lines but also in that original system that Ryder Carroll created he was thinking about daily actions and tasks so a simple task would have a a dot kind of in the middle of one of the dotted squares right and then if you if you complete the task you you cross through the dots you've sort Ah, of got a cross in the box okay if you don't complete the task and you say move it forward to the next day you would do an an arrow sort of in in half the box so it sounds complicated but it's actually very very simple and Mm. when people come to the workshop and they pick up things like that they're like oh this is is and just reading about it when I was reading about it doing a little bit of research it has all come about because people are saying they've had and I know myself I'm sure lots of people listening you have dozens of planners people Mm. go through don't they you you know you might see a nice one in a shop and you go oh yeah that diary is going to work for me and then you realize the diary is not going to work for you because and then you need someone to put your to-do lists and and all this kind of thing or or you might buy yourself a lovely new planner or you're given one and then you and then you move to post-it notes Mm. or or just a a notepad so Mm. whereas the bullet journal encompasses all of those things in one place yeah and and you get to choose which of those things you want in your journal. So as you said, with the with the pre-bought planners, it's very prescriptive. It tells you what you should do in that journal. But with a bullet journal, you get to choose. So if you know from other planners you've used, other systems you've used, that you really love this element and that element, but you, you're not going to use that or that, you can create what you want to create. And mm. um, I've probably, through the workshops, I reckon I've probably had about two, 300 people come and do workshops in, in, on different platforms and so many people will write to me at some point afterwards and say I love 
my bullet journal I use it every day it's really helped me with this 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 and they yeah they 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 love that system and we know that the whole concept of journaling Mm. there's been a lot more hasn't there over the years about how Mm. um well when I say I mean journaling's obviously been going for decades but I would say more mainstream about how journaling is good for people's mental health but also for um teenagers and for children as well Mm. so just writing things down on on paper and getting their feelings out there so I mean it's obviously so we know that it's you know it's been called that it's a a free therapy journaling because people can Mm -hmm. get all of uh, get all of those things down so so you know from that perspective as well you can you can use your journal for that yeah definitely I think um I know that it's very popular particularly with teenagers Mm. um so I've spoken to Claire Cogan about it I know that she's Mm. had teenage clients who use bullet journaling so she um, so Claire specialises in teenage mental health. Mm-hmm. And and Claire has done a, a bullet journaling workshops with me before. She uses a bullet journal. And I know she said to me before that she has young clients who come and they love that she uses a bullet journal, that she mm. understands what it's for, you know, what, what they might use it for. Um, and yes, they can process their thoughts and feelings in terms of getting them out and onto paper, which is enormously mm. helpful, I think, for mm. anybody when everything's up in our head creates overwhelm it creates more anxiety um it can really hinder us Mm. and make us feel like there's so much going on we can't cope but writing everything down is is Mm. kind of an instant karma um and And for teenagers not having had a lot of choice Mm -hmm. as well especially in the past couple of years but also there's so many things that are out of their control at yes. that age that feel more out of their control at that age whereas this can be really something that is their their own they can take ownership mm-hmm. set it up however mm-hmm. they like yep definitely and my one of my teenage stepdaughters a couple of years ago she said um it was really interesting because I hadn't necessarily thought of it at that point from that angle she said I'm feeling really stressed I'm really busy she had a lot of commitments she said I've been watching you doing your journaling and you always look really calm and really engrossed Mm. in it can you show me how to do it so I sat down with her for a couple of hours and I talked her through it and showed her how to do it and she set up her own and she's now 19 she's been doing it for a couple of years and she loves it and you know that's become kind of a life yeah. skill for her yes that she knows she can use that as an outlet she's quite creative with it she did one thing I really like to do with mine now that she does is collect memories mm-hmm. so I won't just use it for the practical day-to-day organization but if I go somewhere do something have time with friends if I've got some photos or um, mementos from a holiday or something I'll create memory pages and she does that a lot she's got a lot of pictures in there of time with her friends and things that have meaning to her and what a lovely thing to look back on exactly Can keep those. So, I, do you know and I've been doing that yes. for a few years now I wish I'd been doing it forever oh, because yeah. it's so lovely to look back mm. on and keeping your old journals I mean I'm a lover of things like that anyway and I've got you know old diaries and things but oh, looking back at the journals and when you've cre- collected those memories and um that's a power, you know, emotionally, yes, that's yeah. a powerful thing, really great mood booster. Um, 
yeah it's well so even many for, uh, and for younger children as well because I know when I'd got one for my daughter I mean she hasn't done a massive amount in it but had just done a page on Christmas mm. and, and and some things about Christmas then a birthday page as well so they are memories that mm. that that children can then go back and and look on and as you said the there's the practical aspects as well especially for teenagers or then they go beyond it's it it's skills that they're learning to mm. keep to keep them organized so um um there's an, another you know there's lots of advocates out there of bullet jur- journals and i was reading a lot about how it, it you know it just helps with that whole being in control mm-hmm. planning organization um also things like planning your longer term goals tell yes. us a bit about that how you you use it mm-hmm. for your short-term goals but also your long-term goals as well I mean there's lots of different ways you can do that and actually whether I were doing it in my bullet journal or even if I was sort of coaching a client or talking to my teenagers about it you know I, an ideal way to plan for those future goals is to create a vision around it so to know what it is mm. that you're working towards even if it's not massively defined like you know I always think the kids have a lot of pressure on them to know what they want to do and mm. you know what do they want to do at this stage at that stage and beyond but more um it doesn't have to be as as defined so mm. just just some more uh, some wider goals um and using visuals images that's a really great way of collecting those thoughts and ideas and mm. locking in those feelings sort of anchoring those feelings of excitement around those things that that you want to do in the future and then you can use that to create more um verbal goals and think okay you know this year I would really like to make this thing happen or you know by December I want to be able to say xyz whatever that might be and I mean the trick always with goal setting with making those things a reality is committing to them taking some action so then you can start breaking those down and think okay well if I want that to happen by December what are the things I need to do and what would be my first step Mm. and the beauty of that when people get their heads around that and start actioning things especially I think this is a huge skill for teenagers if they can start to do this um, is they start to really build their evidence of what they can do they Mm. build their confidence they build their momentum it starts getting a bit more of a natural flow Mm. Um, I think it's a massive skill for them to learn that and to be able to kind of um realize their own paper haven't they they've got evidence if you like yes of what they've achieved and realize their own potential oh if I actually commit to doing that once a week once a day whatever it is I get to this point that's nice makes me feel great I feel more motor feel more like I want to do it so you know whatever and with long-term goals as well I mean it might not just be you know it can even be things um you know I was reading that somebody uses it for books that that they want to read oh yeah um or you know, I suppose some goals that they aspire to do. To mm-hmm. do. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a little bit, if you've got something, I mean, I know a year is a long time, but also a year can go really quickly. Yes. And I'm sure we've all been there with our planners where we look back and go, was that really a year ago? <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I've got to write it down in a brand new planner. Whereas a bullet journal, you can keep, you can just keep adding to that. It's mm-hmm. not something that after a year you put it to one. You'll still have that page that talks about your goals or it might yeah. be for younger people finishing university or mm-hmm. some travels they want to do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you are older, it might be books that you want to read or 
places you still want to visit, yeah. holidays you want to go on. Yeah. And actually to start that fresh each year in a diary or a planner, it doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. And it depends with the bullet journal because people use them for such different lengths of time. So mm. I actually use a new one every three or four months, mm. but some people will have one that goes on for So I've still got my one from my first bullet journal course yeah. that I did with you, which yeah. is so probably two years yeah, ago, must I want to say. Because yeah. it was, was it an in-person one that you did? Or online? No, it was online. So it was already yes. pandemic times. Yes. yes. So we're quite excited at the moment because we're able to go back to doing them in person, Ooh. which is fun. You know yes. that we did we did translate them into online courses, which were a couple of hours where um, you know it takes me it takes me probably a good hour in a workshop to explain the whole concept thoroughly mm. and. The fact is that you're giving people a blank book and say, okay, now create something with it. And it's really daunting. And I see people sit there and think, what am I going to do? Like, you know, they're terrified of that blank page and how to start. But the way I I deliver it, the way I talk to them about it and how I um, get them to understand that there's no right or wrong and they can just start to explore. And they don't have to show it to people. They don't have to show it to people. It doesn't matter. There'll be plenty of people who who might show off their pages. When I say show off, I mean in a nice way and show their pages. Yeah. But but you don't have to show yours. No. And it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You can actually, they're they're kind of cool. You can can stick things over the top. Mm. You can stick pages together. People use a lot of washi tape and different pens and things. You can I've never heard of washi tape before. Oh, that's a hot... (laughs) have such a big box of washi tape this day it does you know warning that getting into bullet journaling does seem to encourage rather a massive love of stationery and uh, lots of stationery buying um but yeah I think it's a great creative outlet it's very mindful it's the thing Mm. that I love to do you know I find it also doesn't have to be expensive you've mentioned that actually about that because again something else I was reading is about how somebody was saying it's actually if you think how much you might spend on a diary or a planner Mm -hmm. whereas actually your bullet journal you can keep it for much longer I mean mine yeah Yeah. a couple of years now um so actually it's not doesn't need to cost it I mean from that perspective to, to buy a bullet journal can cost 10 12 pounds something like you know it depends which one you get mm. um and as long as you've got something to write with mm. you don't actually need anything mm. else it's all mm. about what you choose to do with it mm. and whether you want to um buy some other bits and you know, buy some washi tapes mm. and stickers and stuff mm. that people enjoy using equally I know a lot of people who they're not actually interested in that creative side mm. doesn't do it for them they've not got the time mm. they don't want to do that and they just find it a really valuable way of logging things of keeping themselves organized and keeping their minds clear Mm. um on the flip side you know with the creativity I have sort of found certain ways I like to use mine and when I have a bit of time which would much more likely be on a weekend Mm. I might spend an hour or two doing something more creative in the journal and that you know on the well-being side of things I find very beneficial well and also we we know we live in a time where we actually know for children as well um, it's really important for them to have creativity. Mm. There's a lot of research that has been done that says um, with the pressure that, that children have on them mm. and teenagers and then going on to university, that actually having some kind of creative outlet mm. is is really important, actually helps them manage life and stress and all those things. So we, you know, yeah. we know that as well, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I've definitely seen, I think that, you know, talking to Claire and she's got those teenagers who have found that to be a really beneficial tool and um, I've seen that with certain people I have had I've had workshops where mums have come with their teenage daughters um, and they they just they they actually take really different things from it and Mm. um, but 
but massively beneficial, I think, around the well-being, mental health, stress. Brilliant. So tell us about the workshop that's coming up, that you've got coming up. Okay, there's a workshop. Uh, the next one is on the 25th of March, and it will be um, an in-person workshop in the Marlow area. Uh, so they are four hours long, and people always think, four hours, that's such a long time. I can guarantee by the time you've done about two hours you'll be saying oh where's the time going I haven't got it there's not enough time <laughs> and always when we get to the end people just want to carry on so at the workshops we provide everyone with a beautiful journal so we use a particular um, supplier called the ink pot um, which is a mum and daughter run business oh really yes in in Pangbourne they're based in Pangbourne and um, I've been to their amazing have they got a shop uh, no they don't have a shop oh. they don't but they have a um they have an office where they live where they keep all their stock of journals they keep pens they keep a lot of washi tape and it's gorgeous so I went and met Kirsten who who runs the company um and and saw how they do their journals so they um emboss the journals and you can have different designs you can have your name you can have all sorts of things and there's a beautiful range of colors um so my my current journal is yellow with black pages so then you can buy gel pens and you can it's just gorgeous it's lovely oh i'm getting so excited oh, just listening. <laughs> so yeah the ink pot um we, we use their journals okay. so we provide everyone with a journal and we have a huge array of Pens, tapes, stickers, stencils, um, magazines for cutting out, just all sorts of creative things. So we'll spend the first hour pretty much talking through the principles, the ideas of the bullet journaling, Mm. showing examples and and getting people inspired. Then I get people to really think about what they want to use theirs for and come up with some ideas. What type of layouts do they want to do? What types of things do they want to record? And then I get them to get started. So um, they then spend a few hours you know, messing around with ideas, Mm. starting things, seeing what works um, and really getting it up and running. And they go off massively excited to start using this bullet journal, develop more ideas. Um, It's a real buzz. It's a great way to connect with some other people. You know, it's people bond at these kinds of workshops. Mm. They're there for a common theme, even though they'll all be very, very different. Mm. Everyone is, every workshop is a joy Mm. to run. People love meeting each other and then go off on their separate ways and get on their bullet journal journey. Um, But they're fantastic. I highly recommend them. Can they choose the colour? the colour yes they, they choose colour? the colour yes they okay. do yes I send everyone an email <laughs> these are your colour choices they say oh but there's particular colour okay. choices that are always super popular so oh, right. amazingly okay. there's about 10 choices and usually two or three everyone picks oh okay yeah. um yeah so it's on the 25th of March um it'll be from 10 a.m till 2 p.m um it will be in the Marlow area and what um, day is that 25th of well March. now you're asking. If I put you on the spot, sorry. Really put me on the spot. Oh, Let me see if I sorry, can find sorry, out sorry. for you. There is so there are so there's lots of while you're having a look, so there's yeah. lots of websites you can go on. As you said, loads of stuff on Pinterest. Yes. Um, loads loads of benefits. Yes. Yeah. It's a Friday. A Friday. Okay. <laughs> Friday's right. a good day for the workshops, yes. I think. It's kind of leading into the weekend. Um it's good vibe. Okay, that's great. Well, we have run out of time, Chloe. Oh so gosh. thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Chatting about the Walk a Thousand Miles, the Prince's Trust that your um, group, your business group, We Are Tobono is raising money for. Um, and also telling us all about bullet journaling. Um, it's a pleasure. Coming up later on uh, this evening is Tara Dean at seven o'clock with Inside the Music Scene. And then tomorrow, the lovely Heather Adams with Turning Pages. She's on um, at 11 to 12 and she's going to be talking to uh, talking about the Maidenhead 
Big Read, which is a free um, festival for children to encourage them to read. And then next week on School of Parenting, we've got the lovely Nina Bailey from Working in Rocks, who's going to be talking about what you can get up to in half term. I, some kids have got half term next week, some the following mm-hmm. week. It's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. I know frustrating for parents that have children at two different schools with two yeah. different lots of holidays. I just spoke to a lady who's like that. <laughs> it's like, ah, She wasn't seriously? too happy. Yeah, uh, yeah so a bit of a lack of, uh, lack of communication there. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, if you've missed any parts of the show and you want to re-listen, you can listen on podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, or go to river.radio. We're going to finish with um, Chloe, another one of Chloe's favourite songs, Take It Easy, The Eagles. Why do you love this song? Oh, I love The Eagles. I saw them for the first time in October in LA, and they were super cool, and just love this song. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, thank you again, Chloe, for being here Thanks with us. Thanks for having and me. And we'll see everybody next week. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay, Ta-da. the voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley.